Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Pie Cast, episode XXXIX. I am your host, Lugo Cal Nelson. And I am your other host, Vader the Darth Lord. Oh my god. <laughs> what? This is, oh, the, the, the. I just want to go on record, uh, dear listener, uh, that uh, the 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 joke of our names uh, was written by Schaefer the Dark Lord and not by me. So please, uh, any complaints about the bad use of puns uh, can be directed to epicpodcast at gmail.com. And if you think that Schaefer the Dark Lord did an excellent job of writing these punny Star Wars names for this episode, you can send your praise to epicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm both I'm both thrilled and horrified that I get to be uh, Lugo Calnelsian. You should be thrilled. He's <laughs> he's awesome. But why are why would you be horrified by that? Uh, you know what? I'm a, it's it's mildly racist. <sighs> how how is that racist? Well, I mean, I'm the only other ethnic guy in the room. Uh, so therefore, I must be Lugo Calnelsian. The yes. other option that I had for you was Han Lugo. <gasps> How come I can't be Han Lugo? Because Lugo Calnelsian? Not true. No, that's true. No, Lugo Calnelsian is funny. I, I, both I, of your names in there. No, I get it. I get it. Now, our last episode aired on New Year's Eve. Oh, we know. Yes. But that episode was actually recorded over Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, it was. When yeah. we were in Orlando. Right. Uh, shout out to Cat Blackard and definitely a shout out to Melanie. Yep. And a uh, shout out to the Geek Easy. Yeah. A, a, a sponsor of uh, all the fine programming here at nerdyshow.com. That episode was recorded uh, a month in advance. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't, so we didn't when, actually record anything in December. Right. So when our episode aired at the end of December, yeah. a major event in the history yes. of time occurred. <laughs> so it get, seemed unfair yeah. that our December episode made not a mention of it. No, no, not a single Because not a single we mention. were living in the past. 
past. Yes. <laughs> but now we live in a different time of humankind. A What's kind that? a time that exists after the release of J.J. <laughs> Abrams' Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Uh, so we thought we... Uh, would we, chime in. We owe you. We yeah, need, yeah. We need to uh, discuss this thoroughly because I know both of you have been on the edges of your seats. <laughs> Wondering what we thought about waiting it. Waiting yes. to hear what two assholes from Queens sure, think about it. Sure, yeah. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We'll yeah, talk about The bit. Force Awakens in, yeah, a little bit. in great detail, but yeah. not yet. No, 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 no. We 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 got we have the whole episode for that, uh, but uh, uh, I have to say, in in uh, after seeing uh, the Force Awakens, I was very very curious because I started thinking about the prequels a lot mm-hmm. and how they failed miserably as movies and yeah. as as coherent storytelling and even and even as good filmmaking, it just kind of fails on so many levels and and I know that I didn't like it, uh, and I know that almost. Almost unanimously, uh, the world doesn't like those films. That's not true. Uh, well, people who like those films are little uh, wee babies who don't understand what good things are. Okay, the films. This is how you, this is how you should add that the the, the prequels are almost universally uh, loathed by middle aged Star Wars fans. Children love yeah, the prequels. That's true. Children do love the prequels. Yes. Um, my my nephew Enzo loves uh, the prequels. Yes. Yeah, I I still love elements of them. I just well, I mean, this is basically what what I was curious about them. So I started doing a little more research, and I came across the uh, Red Letter Media reviews. Oh goodness! And I don't know why it took me so long to watch these. To be honest. Well, they seem a little daunting at first. It's a it's a video review for each film, and each one runs ninety to one hundred twenty minutes in length or so. Right. Well, yeah, they're they're ten minute videos, and they're usually in seven parts or so. And so, you on average is about seventy minutes of content for each film, for each prequel film. So then they're actually shorter than the estimate that I just gave. Still, oh, there are seven. Still, th- yeah. These are seventy minute video reviews. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, by and large, I mean, averaged out, they're about ten minutes apiece. Okay. Um. And <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with these reviews. First of all, and I, and I said this to you earlier, uh, they are at the same time the most intelligent critique of those films I have heard to date and the dumbest videos I've ever watched in my entire life. Beautifully put. Yeah. Uh, they uh, are. <laughs> I would almost consider the Red Letter Media reviews of the Star Wars prequels essential companion pieces to the viewing of those films. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's it's it not only goes into all of the reasons why the story is an, uh, mostly an incoherent mess, but it it doesn't just say that. He, he gives examples. He cites examples from from the original trilogy and how they all worked wonderfully as storytelling. And he goes into uh, uh, the 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 cinematography style, the camera style, all the bl- like. He there isn't a single corner of the prequels that isn't examined in minute detail and given a, a, a veritable cornucopia of proof as evidence. He, he mines other films and specifically the original trilogy, but also other films to show examples of how it was done better here or simpler here. And the whole time he's doing this, he also is taking very well studied film theory, yeah. but then masking that knowledge 
under a blanket of like yeah. poop jokes. That's see, that's <laughs> Which, where that's where like I I'm very conflicted about these videos because I loved watching it. But at the same time, a lot of the humor, because he plays, it's uh, it's this character, I guess it's a character he's created called Mr. Plinkett. And he's, I guess he, he kind of, he, he kind of uh, uh, has written himself to be this, I don't know what it is, like this sad sack 104-year-old um, dude who lives in a murder house who kidnaps prostitutes and forces them to watch the prequels with him. And... Uh, and he's killed like oh that's to be fair that's only the attack of the clones review well yeah fair enough but it's but a, a lot of a, a lot of his character is steeped in poop jokes yeah. and and really dumb base humor and it, admittedly it's funny it's really really funny but I don't know I mean it doesn't for me it doesn't take away from the review that he's giving because I can separate the two yeah but it, I can, there's I mean I, it works. It works somehow because it makes a 70 minute video on the internet. Infinitely watchable. Infinitely watchable. Uh, But but that might as well be four days in in internet entertainment. (laughs) That, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of his jokes are really problematic and I, it was cringing a lot of the time. Um, but I, but the analysis is still sound, right? But I, but I stuck around because the analysis is just on point. Um, I highly recommend them. They're on YouTube. Uh, I guess it's just Red Letter Media. You just uh, subscribe to the Red Letter Media and you'll watch them. But I have obviously been a tremendous Star Wars fan my entire life. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, and, and all Star Wars. Not, I'm not a fair weather Star Wars fan. I have loved everything. And to, <laughs> to the degree that Nelson Lugo once uh, would refer to me affectionately as a prequels apologist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and it is true. I I know the warts. I I know everything that's wrong with these movies, and I've still always enjoyed them and defended them against other veniently angry middle aged Star Wars fans. Yeah, you, by, you you would go on tirades about how they're not as bad as people think they are. The thing that finally shifted in me, where I finally recognized that I may have been deluding myself for a decade. <laughs> Was watching the Red Letter Media videos yeah. like a couple years ago. Yeah. I watched them and it just, it broke a hole in me and... It finally, it finally forced you to look it, at them for what they are. And maybe some of his problematic humor and, and the, some of the horrifying imagery that appears in the clips between uh, the the scenes of the movies that he's showing. Sure, sure, maybe sure. that was like, it was this scared straight type program. <laughs> like I was shocked so much by these horrible things that I was seeing and... I couldn't look away and yeah, then yeah, I yeah. constantly being told by a man who was very right that I was very wrong in a uh, yeah. number of my books. Yeah. That said, I have not completely cast the, the prequels out of my heart. I watched them recently to lead up to the release of Force Awakens and uh, they do not age well. They, boy, do they not age well. They weren't great to begin with, but they're harder and harder to watch as years go on. But I still find things that I like about, about them in all of them. I, you know what? I liked watching full-on trained Jedi go at it, you know, like master Jedis go at it in battle. Like, I really enjoyed that. I watched, I loved watching just, you know, dozens and dozens of fucking lightsabers just fucking flying everywhere. That means you must love backflips. Because, <laughs> boy, are there backflips galore. Yeah, lots and lots of backflips. But, I mean, yeah, and but the, other than that, I, I, to me, the, there really there really isn't much there for me to go back to. I mean, as source material, I think it's important to watch them, but as films, 
they're just not fun to watch. I just, I just never had, I've never had a good time watching them. In fact, I remember watching uh, the uh, um, uh, the Phantom Menace when it first came out and being so excited and thinking that there was something wrong with me because I was bored. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting in a Star Wars film, the first Star Wars film in 16 years. That, yeah, in a very long time. And I'm bored. There's obviously something wrong with me, you know, and like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just a bad film. Um, although I, I, I do plan on going. I, I discovered the machete uh, order. Ah, yes. And I do plan on, on spending this coming weekend watching uh, episode one and two. No. I'm sorry. Uh, A New Hope. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Clone Wars. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the... Thank you so much. Attack of the Clones. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. And then ending with... Uh, Return of the Jedi. You did it. You got through yeah, it. I got through it. You named all five of them. I know. Uh, and basically just leaving out the first one altogether. I'm, I, I really want to do that because I do want to watch uh, Force Awakens <clears throat> again with all of that fresh in my memory. So because I, I, I feel like there's little things here and there that I'm missing. That's, that's it's it's true. There are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really liked it. It was it was a week before um, Force Week before Force Awakens yeah. opened uh, the weekend before I watched all six of them again. Uh, I, I watched them in order of one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, and six. I've never, uh, I'd never done that before. I'd never oh. watched them in that all order. six films yeah. in order. Wow! Yeah. All right, um, I do. Uh, uh, there's a there. Yeah, I, I I I haven't watched them in a while. And I feel like it's. A, it, I think I feel it's time to go through and, and visit some old friends again. You know what it does? It makes you real, real, real happy to hear that. That line about Tashi Station and power converters. <laughs> By the time you get there, it's not quite so laughable anymore. It's <laughs> it's like a bowl of soup. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, so I mean, so I did that. Um, another fun thing that you and I got to do, actually, is you and I got to play uh, Star Wars Battlefront. On- Star Wars Battlefront, the new uh, multiplayer <laughs> shooter from. Uh, EA? I don't know who put it. I don't know who put it out. Oh. Um, but uh, uh, I, I don't know if people uh, know this or not, but you got me a PS4 for Christmas. Yes. Which wasn't entirely altruistic. I mean, it was the best gift you I think you've ever given me. It was mostly altruistic. Uh, but it, it is self-serving in the sense that you wanted to play Star Wars with me. It's true. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't justify it. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know this about the two of us, we've had this uh, contentious relationship about our our preferred science fiction franchises over the years. Sure, sure, sure. We produced a burlesque show right, many years ago right, right, right. in which we debated the merits of Star Trek versus Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a star. I'm more of a Star Trek guy, and obviously, you're more of a Star Wars guy. Yes, yeah. uh, and this has been. I mean, that show, we produced that show six years ago. Yeah. But it still kind of became this present <laughs> element in our relationship ever since. So, yeah, it's not entirely altruistic that I got you a PS4. <laughs> but when I bought you a PS4, I definitely bought the one that came bundled with yes, Star Wars yes, Battlefront. To say, hey, Merry Christmas, buddy. I know you don't have a next generation gaming console. And I know you've historically been a, been an Xbox player, but... Now you're going to play my game, and you're going to play Star Wars with me. <laughs> and, you know, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Um, that game is really, really fun. Uh, you and I did a couple of uh, 
survival uh, missions, like yeah. waves, basically. Yeah. And uh, that was a whole lot of fun. And uh, it was <laughs> it's fun gaming with you uh, because we're both running around like, like two idiots not knowing where to go. It's true. And we basically just shoot everything. Just old, angry, confused, scared. It's a, it's a, it serves as a nice representation of real life. Yes, yes. Uh, and we actually made it uh, through all fifteen waves a few times, actually. Oh yeah. So uh, that was a whole lot of fun. I really liked doing that. I did too. I like the game a lot, but I, my enjoyment of Star Wars Battlefront is tempered a bit. Yeah, yeah. The thing that tempers it, well, the, you've got your issue. Why don't sure. you say your issue first? My issue is that I, well, I'm not an online gamer. I'm, I've just never been a multi-online gamer at all. It's just it's just something that just does not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. Me neither. Um, And what I would really love, and I don't, you know, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but what I would really love is a single-player campaign. Yeah. That's, the, I mean, I really, really want that. And I'll even go one step further in that, you know, I want to be greedy I want two single player campaigns. I want a light side campaign where I play as a rebel, and I want a dark side campaign as I play as a stormtrooper. So you want full campaigns, but you also want kind of a moral choice system. You basically want you want to play Star Wars as though it's infamous. And you don't know what the infamous games are because you just joined the Sony world. <laughs> no, I don't want I no, I don't want one character that goes light or dark. I want two separate campaigns. Sure. Uh, Even Angry Bird Star Wars has two separate campaigns for the light and the dark. <laughs> but we couldn't get it from Battlefront. But what did we get for yeah. arenas? Yeah, I mean it's I mean, it's a really really fun game. I like playing it. I like playing it with you. I don't think I'll ever play it without you, uh, which is I guess telling of my love for me. Sure, let's go okay. with that. Um, <laughs> but I. I really, really want a single. I would. I want to enjoy that content by myself, without it just being wave after wave of en- enemies in a survival mode. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you what I want. What okay. I really, really want. <laughs> oh God! I want. <laughs> if it's going to be just these big open arena multiplayer, sure, shooters, sure. Um, how about more than four worlds? Here's here's yeah, here's yeah. my beef with the game. I also have not played games online a lot. I'm afraid of teenagers, <laughs> and that goes for every element of my life. Sure. But I don't play online because I play video games to escape the world. Yeah. Not connect with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the way it's always has always kind of been for me. And also, I'm not very good at video games. I love them. I've played through a ton of video games, but I'm not actually that good so if i join something like a a massive like online shooter i i get into i jump into some battle i'm like hey this is great i'm with like-minded fans we like video games and star wars and every time i respawn some 14 year old dick who has upgraded his gun a billion times is like perched on a mountaintop with a sniper rifle just shooting me in the dick spawn shooting the dick dead spawn shooting the dick dead and that's not fun that's uh- you know what? I will say that I think you're selling yourself short. I mean, this, uh, Star Wars Battlefront is the only game we've ever played together. True. But uh, my, this, I, I'm brand online. new to this. Yeah. I'm brand new to online gaming. And In fact, the first time, even before you and I did, yeah. uh, I, got, I got basically uh, trained. I served as an online gaming Padawan under one Tony Baldini. Hey, Tony Baldini! Friend of the network and illustrator uh, of the stars. Yes. Uh, shout out to Paul, Tony Baldini. Stop, Tony. Um, I think you're selling yourself short because... Uh, 
having played with you, you're actually much better than you than you think than you think you are. I know. I was being modest. I'm amazing. Well, hold on now. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, let me dial it back. Yeah, dial it back. You're I'm not bad. Yeah, you're not bad. You're not bad at all. The, uh, the, the thing that, that I was going to say earlier that that my concern about the game, about my enjoyment of the sure. game, is I love it. I I, yeah. I I love it. I love it too. But because of that thing earlier that made me like elements of the prequels and make me makes me still kind of hold a spot for them in my heart is that I'm such a, a, a sucker. I'm a shill. I'm, oh, I yeah. am such a target yeah. for all Star Wars yeah. merchandising. If you stripped away all of the familiar uh, uh, Star Wars sound effects sure. and characters sure. and worlds and vehicles and, <laughs> and the guns weapons and, and the, the weapon costumes sounds. and you just replaced them with something else, yeah. it would be just an online shooter and I would be bored out of my mind playing right, it. Right. Because it's it's... Ultimately, it's kind of dull. There are four environments. Yeah, where you can find five if you get the the Jakku. Yeah, yeah. But there, but the gameplay doesn't like mix up a lot. You just run and shoot and run and shoot and run and shoot and yeah. So, so yeah. It, but there's no real like it doesn't the, the action doesn't get broken up with like objectives. I need objectives in games. I need I need sure. to be able to loot things Check and points. go on quests yeah. and search for stuff and travel a map. But there's no traveling a map. You're in just one big world and you just keep shooting until they're dead. I still love it because that guy <laughs> I just shot in the head was wearing a fucking stormtrooper helmet and it sounded like Star Wars laser blasters. Yeah. So then I love it. I and, love. Oh, oh, and in the background, look in the background, look at that beautifully rendered burning star destroyer. This this game is truly wonderful and then i feel like a sucker because i'm just eating up all of the things that, you know, I, that represent the thing that i like i feel the same way because i'm i'm a sucker for all things batman yeah i'm the same way i'm the exact same way like good bad indifferent doesn't matter i am not a fair weather fan um i love batman when it's bad i love even better when it's good i love dark knight rising <laughs> i love uh, I mean, I guess the only thing that I that I will concede is a flaming turd is uh, Batman for Batman and Robin, the movie Batman and Robin. Oh, and actually, I uh, I kind of like that movie too. You're a horrible human being. No, um, but like you like <laughs> you slap the Batman logo on pretty much anything, and I want it. If I watch one of the prequels, it's like. <laughs> Bad dialogue, no chemistry between actors, frowny face, lightsaber sound effect, smiley face. <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen. Jar Jar Banks, frowny face, lightsaber sound effect. Oh my God, this should get an Oscar. <laughs> and the people who made, who kind of made and released a rushed shooter like Battlefront, they were making that game for people like me. Yeah. But I'm aware yeah. of it now. I mean, it is fun. It I'm, is fun. I, I'm not. I, I don't want to downplay it too much because it actually is really fun. Um, it's kind of mindless and um, it it's kind of a bare bones um, experience. Also, if you do play one of the hero missions where you can play as one of three bad characters, or one of three good characters, right? And you're right. not just a soldier. Um, I played. Can, it, I played as Princess Leia. Uh, she's great. Yeah, she is better to play as than Darth Vader. Darth Vader is actually kind of. Oh yeah, he's, he's kind of. They're pretty janky. It's a yeah, little, yeah. It's a little janky. It's a little clumsy and it's not quite as satisfying as it should be for the greatest villain that has ever been created by art or literature in the history of time you got someone better yeah the joker oh, okay the joker is a close second for me yeah on that list of- uh joker's first Darth Vader is like third but for me you you think that there's a better villain in pop culture than um yeah the bork from star trek 
That's like a that's that doesn't count. That's that's a collective. Well, there it's it's essentially one intelligence with with like millions and millions of bodies. I feel like that's a qualifier. It would have to be ranked on a different scale than say individual villains. That is not one. Technically, it is. Technically, it is. Well, the fact that you're saying technically and squinting means you know that it's a qualified term. Would you put Lex Luthor in there between the Joker and Darth Vader? No. Good. Would you put um, Would you put he who shall not be named in there? What, Voldemort from uh, Harry Potter? He shall not be named. Fair enough. Uh, no, I would not. Also, uh, I'm going to pour one out for Alan Rickman today. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Poor Mr. Rickman and uh, David Bowie. A moment of silence for David Bowie and Alan Rickman. I love Star Wars a lot. Yeah, um, uh, I really do, uh, and I love the which scene. is surprising because we. I don't love it as much as you do. Like no. you live it, breathe it, sleep it, eat it. Like you consume it on a level that is that I only understand in terms of Batman. Uh, so. We we are essentially the same person, just different pop culture fandoms. Yeah, but I think my fandom of Batman, because I should because we share these two fandoms. Yeah, I think my fandom of Batman is uh, more passionate than your fandom of Star Wars. I come a little closer to you on Batman. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Batman's yeah. pretty big deal. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm more passionate about Star Trek than I am about Star Wars, mm. but. Star Wars is a very, very close second to Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's interesting because, I don't know, because of the nature of our relationship. Sure. Because our friendship uh, was really built theatrically and publicly. <laughs> right. Uh, we built our friendship on stage. <laughs> right. Writing in front bits of people. In front yes. of, and, and creating like an online rapport that was contentious and, sure. and, and pokey and... Uh, that so many of those things have kind of like trickled over. So that when you get excited about Star Wars, you say things like, I love Star Wars. Yeah. It's it's inconsistent with the characters <laughs> that we have played over the years. I know that you've, I've always known that you like Star Wars. Yeah. But it's still, I, it's so ingrained in me now that it's strange to hear you say words like, I love Star Wars. I do. I know I, you do. I love Star Wars. I I was that geek who stood in line for the, the re-release uh, dressed as Han Solo, and then again At, in '97 when yeah. the when the, when the uh, special editions came out. Yeah, you stood in line dressed as Han Solo. I stood in line at the Ziegfeld Theater on 49th Street on the between the right there between the East and West Side. You lived in New York in '97. I lived in New York since '94. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I moved to New- I moved back to New York in '93. Oh wow! Yeah, that's it. Okay, I moved back to New York to go anyway, to high school. You, but you, you, you yeah. stood in line. You dressed up as Han Solo. Yeah, and my my girlfriend at the time uh, dressed up as uh, Princess Leia. That's so freaking adorable. And we did it twice. We did it for the re-release, the th- the digital remaster re-release, mm-hmm. and then the for director's cut. Oh. We did it twice. I saw when they re-released the special edition, or when they re- released the special editions, yeah. I saw each one of them in the theater three times. <laughs> yeah. um, but <laughs> <laughs> Shitty Jabba's Palace dance number and all. Sure, sure, sure. But I uh, did not wear uh, costumes digital, to any of this. Digital was, Jabba. This was before my days of wearing costumes. Ah. So I did not dress up for any of them. Ah, I see. But I wish I had. Um, I, had a, I had a retractable lightsaber. And so did everybody else in line. And then when that, when, when it goes real quiet and it goes a long, long time ago 
in a galaxy far, far away. And it goes, the entire theater, like a million lightsabers lit up and you can, all you can hear is, it was amazing. It was the most amazing experience. I don't think I've ever had an experience that quite equals that to be at the Ziegfeld Theater, which is like seats thousands. It seats like a few thousand people. Yeah. It's a huge, huge movie theater. Wow. And uh, all I saw was a sea of lightsabers. It was glorious. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, you see The Phantom Menace there too? I did. <laughs> I saw I saw uh I saw The Phantom Menace and then I think I wasn't I wasn't in line for like the first week. I think I waited a couple of weeks to see Attack of the Clones. Oh. And then I don't think I saw <laughs> I, I I did not see Return uh sorry Revenge of the Sith in the theaters. Uh. Yeah. I I kind of gave up at that point. I saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters twice in the same day. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I didn't like it that much. Right. I had I had Wait, sp- you did that for something else. You did you do that for like Batman and Robin? No. You, you did that for another movie. Saw it twice in the same day? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No, I think this is this was the only one. And it was because okay. I had these coworkers that I worked with at a video duplication house in Manhattan. Sure. And they all knew I was a Star Wars fan. Uh, they kind of made fun of me sure. for it. But they they also wanted to see it opening night. Um so we'd made plans and they said they were going to go get tickets for the theater and they were going to go. I, at the last minute, like when I woke up the day that the movie was released, I panicked and was like, these guys are fuck ups and they're making fun of me for being a Star Wars fan and they don't really want to see it that bad. And I am not missing Star Wars today because of of these guys, because they're going to be like hungover and they're not going to take it seriously. They're not going to actually get tickets. Screw these guys. I called in sick to work, went to a matinee in Astoria, saw it, came home and was like, that was awesome. And like an hour or two later, they texted me to say, (gasps) we got tickets for tonight. And, but then I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell them that (gasps) like I called in sick. Uh. To go see it because I knew they would make fun of me about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, So I was like, oh, yeah, sure, cool. I'll go see that. So I saw it with them again. Nice. And pretended like I hadn't just seen it four hours before. Oh, that, that's that's being that now, kids, that's called being an adult in Schaeferland. <laughs> that's my version of it anyway. <laughs> Speaking of other things yeah. that are happening that are amazing in the Star Wars universe. What's I, that? I feel you should know about this. What's that? Um, there are a, a number of titles that have uh, recently become started being published by Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't read any of them. Um, Lucas Siegel of uh, comicbook.com. Did I get that right? Comicbook.com? Mm-hmm. Um, he actually recommended a few of them, but I haven't picked them up yet. Yeah, I read... There was a four-issue miniseries called Shattered Empire that came out that is supposed to bridge Return of the Jedi and... And, um, and Force Awakens. Oh, okay. And you read it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it was a little rushed. It's only four issues, and it, they it was just like cameos of all the characters you know oh, all yeah, over yeah, the yeah, place. Yeah, so yeah. it seemed like quite, kind of a lot. I would have loved a whole series. Sure, like a 12-issue series. Which I think might be what's happening in the proper Star Wars title. I'm not really sure. I'm not reading the Star Wars title. Okay. But the, the four-issue miniseries is, is great. Is it worth if, it? Oh, yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, one of the best things about it is... At the fall of um, the fall of the empire, right um, after the battle of Battle on Endor, sure, everybody's celebrating and Yub Nub because Yub Nub is still there in my head, and there's fireworks <laughs> yep, and no. the empire falls and the Ewoks playing the drums on a bunch of stormtrooper helmets, sure, and sure, everybody's sure. like yeah yeah yeah. Well, in the comic book, it picks up there oh. where two rebel pilots who are like romantically connected to one another, sure. they, they land there and they all regroup and they're like, we just took down the empire, we gotta. Fuck now. <laughs> so they reconnect and in the as the empire shatters, they just fuck the daylights out of one another and end up conceiving 
young baby Poe Dameron <gasps> from The Force Awakens. His, that's where he comes from. And that part was excellent, but then Conceived the rest of it was... on the very day the Empire fell. Yes. Nice. I love that. It's excellent. I love that connection that Poe has. And again, I'm not reading the, the main Star Wars title, and uh-huh. I'll probably start picking up the trades because I just picked up the first trade of the Darth Vader series. Uh-huh. And and do, do you like that one as well? It's excellent. Oh, good. That's it's, good to hear. It's so good. Um, um, I, you know what? Then what I'll do is I'll, I'll wait for the trades and I'll pick them up too. Uh, it's great. It does a really good job of the, the, the Darth Vader trade or the Darth Vader series yeah. starts between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. And you see all of these things that are going on through Darth Vader's perspective. You see how kind of poorly he's treated by Palpatine. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> but you also see um, it, it, it does a really good job for a comic book. It does a really good job of visually bridging that gap between the prequels and the original trilogy, which oh, wow. I know George Lucas always intended by constantly tinkering with the movies to try to make them look like they're all yeah. part of things, but they're never going to. No. They look like no. three movies plus yeah. three movies. Yeah. But the comic books, there are a lot of nods to it, whereas Darth Vader is sent on a mission to visit a a very well-known character on Tatooine. It cuts away to him receiving transmissions from Palpatine on Coruscant. And so there's a the the uh, the, the, the visual blend of those two worlds uh, put into a comic book works really well and makes me really I feel like it kind of enriches that universe. Oh, good. Plus, you get to see the battle against the rebellions through the perspective of Darth Vader, and he's got a lot of complicated feelings about everything going on. Still, yeah, I, I, I would I would imagine like at that point in the story, he's pretty much brainwashed at that point. He is, but he's still. Uh, Does he struggle to the light, and he has to force himself back? Uh, you, no, but he, he definitely has buyer's remorse at times. <laughs> That's probably the best way you could describe Darth Vader. <laughs> Man, I wanted unlimited power and all I got was this RoboCop suit oh, and lost some limbs. I'm very glad to hear that Marvel, I mean, Marvel's also owned by Disney at this point, right? Right. So... I'm actually really, really glad that they're, that the, the, what is that? The extended universe is now happening in the comic book world versus the novel world. Right. Um, and I know I'm going to get a lot of kickback from this, but I was never a fan of the, of the extended stories of Star Wars in the novel form. I never read any of them. I, uh, I read, I read a couple of them and I read, um, I forget the titles, but I, I think one of them I read was uh, Shadow of the Empire, which was took place between um, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return, and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I never, I, and, I didn't um, read those either, but I probably bought a couple of the action figures that were released. Right. <laughs> I mean, I read a few of them, and it's just like, it just got so fucking confusing and convoluted, and just, uh, they... I didn't read this, but from from some uh, summary that I got online, apparently uh, they dropped a moon on Chewbacca. Oh, yeah. I never read any. <laughs> I never read. Any Honestly, of these. they dropped a moon on Chewbacca. Must have been a little moon. Well, I mean, I mean, I, he survived it. <laughs> I never read any of the expanded universe Star Wars novels. Uh-huh. I um. Because I'd always just wanted the movies, and I didn't, I didn't take them seriously. I didn't know anything about these sure. about these books. Sure. When I when I finally heard somebody telling me, like, singing the praises of it, it was when I was on tour, and it was after a show one night, and I was at some party somewhere, uh-huh. and some guy who had 
like a bucket of cocaine inside of his face <laughs> said to started talking we started talking about star wars and he said oh my god have you read the have you read the the expanded universe novels i said no oh well you got to read this one where and like a guy with a bucket of cocaine in his face oh dear just re- just basically told you the entire story yes and continued to do that through a couple of books while i i continued to try to exhibit cartoonish body language that would suggest that I'm no longer interested in this. And and that really put me off. Because <laughs> I always associated, when I would hear some of the names, when people have been like yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. some of the names in the expanded universe, because I know the fans are very upset that it has now been wiped clean, considered non-canon, yes, yes. so that they can rewrite this under a new umbrella. Um, Which I'm really happy. Every time I would see so these happy. names, it would just remind me of Cocaine Bucket Face in some city in America <laughs> that I don't know. And how much, how annoyed I was as he narrated to me. Uh, I never, I I never really enjoyed them. I, I just, they just became, I don't know. To me, they just became parodies of it. Just like the writers, because it became escalation, right? Like they, like, you know, then this book ends in this dramatic way. And so the next one has to end even a bigger dramatic way. And so it just became more impossible to write anything approaching realism. I mean, and that's, and that's, I understand that Star Wars is sci fantasy. Space wizards. Yeah, but even still, I mean, come on. It just got it just got so fucking ridiculous. I'm glad that JJ Abrams is sort of abandoning the expanded universe because uh I think I think the story that they're telling is um infinitely more approachable. I feel that way too, but I am certain I would feel differently had I read those books. I would feel a connection to them and I would be upset. But that said, I'm also one of the few Walking Dead fans who still loves the television series and loves the comic book and loves the fact that I get two versions of the story. <laughs> and I, I feel like the people who are making that complaint now are like, I read all these, these stories. Now they don't, they aren't part of it anymore. You still had fun reading them. Yeah, and they're still your books. They still you can have, still pick them up and read them. You have good memories of the way you felt when you read those books. Yeah. You that's not that hasn't been taken away from you because like not everybody plays in that sandbox now. No, no. No. But You're a big uh, cry baby. I'm very uh, I'm very excited for the future of Star Wars. There seems to be a lot of really wonderful, wonderful things happening. I'm excited for the future of this episode where we continue to talk about Star Wars. Are we? We sure are. Damn. So uh, it, that is your subtle way of telling us we're going on a, on a break before I'm we introduce you, our... I'm giving you the light. Okay. Folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. Met her at the Star Wars convention. Did I mention she was looking for love? Had to call her bluff. Lady, you don't mean how that sounded. That thousand pound dude in an old fat chick shirt's astounded. Thought she'd take it back. Revolt, resist, rewind, retract. You heard me, she said. I want any man here. Just send to the cave where you conquer the fear. I'll steer you to the side to force you to. Somebody's man enough here now. Who? This girl, you gotta understand, would not look out of place on the arm of an attractive man. So the geeks in attendance got. Jaws on the floor, one extends his saber, but he tripped on his cloak. I stepped to the front and I spoke. I ain't spitting game, look, I got a Wookiee hat on, but these guys here are used to getting spat on by girls. See, you put them in shock, and this ain't the right con to quote Mr. Spock, but it's highly illogical to me. Girl, look me in the eyes, said, is your mind free? Cause I got something for you, it is shiny, it is clean. Come on up and I'll adore you with my yellow. I got something for you, it is shiny, it is clean, come on up and I'll adore you with my yellow laser beam. Sitting in the room I 
wind up the buns in her hair, I declare that I'd like to be Luke. Less that's a bit too perverted for you. I could be Jabba, a Jabba, and Ewok. When we talk, we talk a beach bark. Wait, I've seen all the flicks, all the books that I read. I don't remember any character tied to the bed. But that's alright, I'ma just pretend that I'm encased in carbonite. And why, that's a nice gold bikini. You make that? Shows off what you got, no mistake that. One fine view of Chewbacca you're giving me. Lower that down here, we'll be living the linguistic lifestyle, the protocol droid. And then comes the part where I'm not overjoyed. Fine, she says, and before I could scream, got the steaming mouthful of yellow laser beam. I got something for you, it is shiny, it is clean, come on up and I'll adore you with my yellow laser beam. Cause I got something for you, it is shiny, it is clean, come on up and I'll adore you with my yellow laser beam. Now folks, last month Lugo and I, in the company of friends, attended an opening day screening of J.J. Abrams' Star Wars Episode Seven. The Force Awakens, where we filed this field report. Hey, Nelson Lugo here. Hey, I'm Shaver the Dark Lord, and we are joined by MC Frontalot and Bunny Buxom. And we just all saw Star Wars The Force Awakens. Nelson Lugo, your review of The Force Awakens in three words, go. Three words. We're home, Chewie. Bunny Buxom, The Force Awakens review in three words. Really fucking awesome. MC Frontalot, Force Awakens review in three words. It was great. And mine is... Thank you, Abrams. That's us. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the program this month was our date to The Force Awakens. He is also the godfather of nerdcore hip-hop. Please welcome back to the program, MC Frontalot. Hey, hey! How you doing? What's up? Hello, hey. Front. How's it going? Or Mr. Lot. Do you prefer Mr. Lot? No. Back no. to the program. I like that because I was on the program before. Yeah. yeah. You. The last time the you were on the show... It was, I think, at the second episode. Oh, my which, God. Was that that far back? Which was a little over three years ago. And did we discuss zombies? Yes. We did. Oh, yeah. In there, we, we talked about all things Walking Dead. We talked about zombies in all of the various ways they have been created by Robert Kirkman. Is that in the, uh, the archives? It absolutely is. <laughs> Wow, it's it, as though it were as though it had not decayed at all over the three years. One could no, no. It. it was it was no. never pristine. It was never captured as the day. It was, it was never uttered. captured or stored on magnetic tape ever. So it will last eons. Yeah, eons, eons. Ooh, I have a good idea. We can make a lot of money. Let's convince people that bits decay and then create <laughs> archival quality storage solutions oh is that gonna happen what if one day the earth is suddenly magnetized and all <laughs> all of the all of the hard drives in the world that are holding the bits that were supposed to uh survive other decaying media are suddenly freed of that media that will be part of our sales pitch oh terrific i then i get to be the audience plant that's like hey i've got a question uh-huh what about when the evil Supervillains bring the magnets and that's why you want your uh, most important data carved <laughs> can i be can i be the brass, uh, can brass i be the, the, the person who stands next to you during the infomercial who's just constantly surprised by everything you have to say yeah 
Nice. Give me, give me a, that's amazing. That's amazing. Give me a, I never knew it could be this good. I never knew it could be this good. Man, these You're marks hired. are going to buy this product <laughs> hand over fist. Absolutely hired. Oh, all right. Enough, enough with the, the, uh, bits uh bits uh, archivalquality.com which i guess we're going to have to we're going to have to get that now always register um, before you give it away yes <laughs> uh let's talk about star wars we all saw it um i loved it absolutely uh hands down i loved it now mc Fernandez, have you seen it uh, an additional time since? not yet um i haven't had a chance i'm going to go to the nonsense screening the like Three stories tall, three dimensions of oh, viewing. Like uh, the super IMAX. Hopefully there will be 42 channels of audio from various <laughs> sources, one right under your butt, so that and you can really really feel it when Darth Emo is upset. <laughs> an, an usher dressed in a stormtrooper uniform sits on your lap for the duration Aww. of the film. Gently pets your chin. It says, Oom, do you your popcorn? Wow, that's I, really. Like, I really want that experience uh, now. I didn't know that was a, that was an option. But we are going to do it. We'll we'll all go together. We'll find a way to pay thirty seven dollars a piece for a ticket. Okay. Yeah, that's we'll only thirty seven dollars for that experience. <laughs> I feel like I haven't ever seen a movie now. Do, do I have? Do, do I get an option of a stormtrooper on my lap or a Chewbacca's? You, you bring your own, and I think they let you oh, let right. you do whatever you okay. want with your lap. Yeah. Yeah, I want an Ewok. We didn't see it at this magical place that you're describing, but we did. And we saw it reasonable we human it style, at, two dimensions. Yeah. Right, we saw it twelve at channels the beautiful of and spacious United Artists Astoria Kaufman 14, whatever. Yeah. But that was my first. It, it's an RPX theater. What does that stand for? What does that mean? Uh, comfier chairs, subwoofers under the seats, and a slightly curved screen. We already had butt audio. Yeah. yeah. That must have been why I had such a favorable reaction to the film. <laughs> I, I just saw it again this past uh, Monday. So, and I picked up on a whole lot of stuff I missed the first time around. And I'm really glad I got to see it before we talk about it today. So, well, we uh, went and got drunk yeah. right after and right. talked about it you a did. lot. Yeah, we did. Yeah. My biggest gripe with it remains what it was that afternoon. Okay. Okay. Which, and, is, which is the sort of winky shit. I didn't need that much winky shit. Right. Where, oh, like, I see. The, the, the self-referential. Poe, like, picks up a prop from the first movie and, like, makes a face and chucks it over his shoulder. Was, there was a little too much of that kind of stuff. A couple of those are, they were, I mean, there's there's loads they of fan was, service they, because they it's a movie. They were throwaways, though. It was a throwaway moment. It wasn't, like. But I see, I see what you're saying. That's exactly it. They're throwaway moments. They're only fan service, and it's only pandering. Right. I, I see. I mean, I, I got it. I th- there were too many of those. That's not a huge gripe. That was the only. That was the only thing I didn't like. Honestly, the plot uh, holes didn't bother me. The the sort of shallowness of the of the script in general didn't bother me at all. It was totally on par with those old movies that I so adore. Um, everything. Everything that I adored about those old movies was just sort of lovingly pulled from the grave and <laughs> and dusted off and presented with a, a modern visual flourish and many more channels of audio. And it was great. Yeah. It was great. I had a great time. I had moments of childlike wonder. Aww. Under under the uh, command of clearly a lifelong fan, which I felt. Yeah. A lot of those fan service moments were definitely... It's almost as though he were elbowing us, saying, like, hey, I'm with you guys, right? Did I know. That's what I didn't like. <laughs> so that t- took me out of it a little. Um, I'm, I loved it for those reasons. I guess, I guess because I, I'm not so 
steeped into Star Wars as the both of you are. Like mm. You, you kind of live it, you breathe it. Um, I, I'm coming more from a Star Trek fandom who also loves Star Wars, but like, I, I never really, as a kid, I didn't really pretend to be Jedi's. I, I pretended to be like Batman, but um, I loved those winky moments. I thought those winky moments were really necessary and wonderful uh, in many ways for someone who like me, who's, I, I'm not a casual fan. I guess I'm, I'm just an above average than casual fan, but the the those moments I th- I thought were just enough to acknowledge that it's that it's bouncing off something else and it's moving forward with what it's going to do, um, and on second viewing, the the story is actually richer than I remember it being on the first uh, hmm. watch through, um, because I was so caught up in nostalgia and wide eyed wonder I'd missed a lot of the nuance and there's there's some real sort of wonderful subtlety going on in storytelling in that film. But that, again, that's just me. But I, I'm coming fresh from it because I just saw it on Monday, uh, and we're recording here on Thursday. So, but yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I'll, I'll well, probably see. Look, I'll probably see it a third time. I look forward to enjoying it again. Yeah, I, there was like no chance I wasn't going to see a no, Star Wars movie no. more than once. Even the fucking terrible ones I've <laughs> seen more than once. But how, like, uh, how many times did you see the prequels? Like in in bits and pieces, uh, several times. Maybe uh, I've seen the third prequel three times. The second one maybe twice, all the way through. The first one maybe twice, all the way through. I haven't watched them dozens of times like right. the other movies. You, you can't. It's very it's very taxing <laughs> to the soul to the psyche. I uh, I just saw them recently. I watched them all again before. Force Awakens. And you marathoned it. Yeah. Did you, did you do it all in one sitting? Or did no, you God, it? no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you own a lot of Adderall. Who knows? I, <laughs> true, but I can't. Even that's too much for me. I, I, I need a break from the taxation of trade routes. Now, I assume you didn't do this, but you guys are aware of machete order, correct? Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Were just, we were just talking about it, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I, plan on, I plan on doing machete order this weekend. Nice. I yeah. have not ever watched them in machete order, but... I haven't either, but it's a thing that if I were in the mood to spend 14 hours watching Star Wars one afternoon, mm. I would do that. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I'm doing on Sunday. Uh, MC Frontalot, you were you appeared as a talking head uh-huh. in the 2011 documentary, The People vs. George Lucas. I did. Which is a documentary of um, basically giving fans a voice to... <laughs> Shout their their gripes with with George Lucas. It's a film that right. they they it kind of starts with um you know you you see a number of people discussing how much Star Wars has meant to them in their life. The second third act are very much more about how all of their hopes and dreams were dashed <laughs> by George's work with Star Wars from the nineties on. But it's still all the whole thing ultimately comes from. Uh, a place of love for for most of the participants i think yeah and some of us and i'm kind of glad in retrospect to be over the line a little bit into the second category some of us uh maybe defend against the most vicious detractors um just based on human decency grounds sure Um, sure the, like there's those two guys who are singing this like busking in Times Square with their George Lucas raped my childhood song. It's yeah. like get the fuck out of here, you guys. Yeah. That's... Well, I, well, I I didn't I actually I, I didn't see the documentary. So for someone who hadn't seen it, um, 
is it is it is it an indictment of George? Is it a love letter to George? Is it, it a plea? It's kind of both. Like, what is it? It's 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 an examination of how people spent a this long span between their childhoods and their adult lives wrapping their identities up in how much they love Star Wars, which is something that many people in the world have done. Sure. And then just what what all of their feelings were after <laughs> after the prequels. And weirdly, I, I watched that movie twice, and the second time I noticed how much of it is about the special editions. Yeah. Bizarrely, like... You're talking about... You watched the documentary twice. Yeah. Yeah. People, people were not happy about those special editions. That's like half what's, the movie, not even the prequels. What's wrong with the special editions? Well, Han, Han and Greedo first. scene and oh, Jabba sure, the Hutt sure. being added. Yeah, and... those extra scenes that kind of wreck the, the remembered flow. Yeah. Oh, Although right, I just right, watched, right. Adding, adding more stuff and more animals to like Tatooine. I just and, watched yeah. Despecialized New Hope the other night. and Oh, did the, you download that? The original cut, uh, somebody at PAX had given Paul and Storm some... Uh, DVDRs of it, and I, <laughs> they gave it to me because um, they're not real nerds. Just <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn! Just because they could Call see in my crooked. eye that I wanted it more yeah, than they did. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I watched that, and the original movie is got kind of seventies pacing. Like, yeah. you could make a slightly better version of that movie for a late nineties audience. Yeah. And, or just, just you know, cut just it differently. Do some, yeah. Just cut it a little tighter and do a little more color correction, and you know, mm. and that would be fine without ten million distracting yeah. CGI nonsenses floating by in the background. I, I really scene. liked the the special editions. I I, I thought like uh, particularly in like Cloud City when they opened up Cloud City and you could actually see outside the windows and well. I, Empire Strikes Back is the one that suffers the least from the special editions. I disagree. Really? I actually like one thing in the special editions more than the original, and that's the end of Jedi, where instead of marking the defeat of the Empire by having the teddy bears dance and sing that song that I really do not care for, <laughs> instead you have a few shots of entire planets coming out into the public square to like f- just do a little victory dance and yell and be so psyched. Like, that's appropriate. Yeah. That's the appropriate response to defeating the Empire. Like, yes, the galaxy rejoices quite publicly. Not, I mean, the teddy bears were standing in for that happening, in a sense. <laughs> right. But it just it wasn't sufficient. I agree. I actually, I like that that montage at the end, too. And you see, like, shots on Coruscant where mm-hmm. you see the statue of Palpatine fall and and you you see these these people scattered throughout the galaxy with a whole bunch of wonderful George Lucas style wipes in between them <laughs> to watch them celebrate the end of this this tyranny. I, 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 I like that. I didn't like that the music had been replaced, but yeah, you I, like the Jub Jub song. I I love yep. the the Yub Dub song. I, I I agree with you. I think the ending is much better. I would have loved them to incorporate the Yub Dub song in some way. I, uh, I tell you, I like the Yub Yub song better than I like the replacement song from Jabba's Pleasure. Yeah, Ballad. that's uh, Jesus. That, that is probably Holy my least mackerel. favorite. I like I like that less than Greedo shooting. I like <laughs> that musical number is so gratuitous and ill-informed and just, awkward. Just, yeah, some bad it's, music. It just, Let's just, it just feels, yeah, it's not it feels forced. Hair, is what yeah. It, yeah. Um, actually, I'm indifferent about whether or not Han shot first or not. I think I think it works really? both ways. I think I think it works both ways. It just depends on 
on mm-hmm. on the particular story you want you you know uh you know if it had always been that way that would have been one thing but true. as a revision it's quite offensive yeah i hear you uh, i guess i'm less offended by it because I, I i can i can see it both ways and and i i don't mind it you know uh well you're uh you're uh Failure to be devoted to the ancient religion <laughs> will probably play out during the trivia round. Oh, you yeah! Know, I, I also saw People versus George Lucas <laughs> twice, and uh, I've never seen this. I guess I got to watch it now. The second time I watched it, I felt it was. It is ostensibly an indictment of George Lucas for his tinker, his endless tinkering by right. his diehard, largely middle aged fans. Sure, but. Upon a second viewing, I, I almost feel like the filmmakers, and I don't, I don't know, I can't speak to their intentions, but it feels almost more of an indictment of those fans. Sure. Some of us do not come off very well in that movie. No, really? not at all. And by the time it gets it's to the end. A bunch of entitled whiny little shits who like, don't like that the movie changed. You know, no. it's like, fuck yeah, off, yeah. When it comes around to the end of the film. Didn't and, feel and they're that going, way at the time. They're going back to everybody who's been, uh, you, you know, just shaking their fingers and scolding George Lucas for all of these all of these things throughout the movie. They all end, they all they kind of end like on a on a on a montage of sound bites of them all saying, but he's still George Lucas and he still created Star Wars <laughs> and gave that to us. Yeah. Um and it seems like there we might be a little entitled or at times our rage a little misplaced. I think George Lucas is not happy about that movie. Um and the internet thinks that Prouse like fell out of his good graces for appearing in it and like can't get his calls returned. Oh no. Wait, who? David uh, Prouse. Vader. Oh wow. Really? That that's what I read in on the internet a couple of places. Wow. I have no idea if that's true, of course. Um how did how, how did you become invited? How did you get to be invited to do that? A, a director called me up. I guess they had heard yellow lasers. Oh. All right. Uh, I gotta watch this. Holy shit! Oh yeah, it's great. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it seems like I don't know if you've if you've been following any of the press that uh, George Lucas has given recently. <gasps> I wanted to ask you this: the actually. white slavery line. Yes. yes. <laughs> How do yeah? Like, do you like? Is is he officially off his rocker? Or is he just throwing a tantrum? Or does he have a valid point? I think tantrum is an excellent description for that. Okay. But, you know, that was his whole life. And he made a bad decision. And that was how he expressed that he felt he made a bad decision. <laughs> Wait, his bad decision being selling Lucasfilm to Disney? Yeah. Okay. I mean, my response, what? of course, is you absolutely should have known Yeah. that selling how, how could he have Star known? Wars to Disney would result in them doing the most sort of public populist publicly pleasing treatment (laughs) disregarding everything that you might have held dear you absolutely should have known that the fact that you didn't somehow that's like that's the weird part not that you like that seems suspect to me yeah not that you showed your ass Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since He's interview. a very smart no. businessman. I mean, no. say what you will about him. He's a very savvy businessman. How could he have not known that? I, I think he, I think his reaction is... I don't think it's any secret that that George uh, has been. I call him George, like I know him. Yeah, uh, that uh, Mr. <laughs> we Lucas knows that um, that he that he listened to the really angry feedback that he heard online. <laughs> that he that he heard some of it. I mean, there are, people have suggested that you know Jar Jar Binks' role was reduced in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith because he was responding because he was. He was mad that they didn't like him as much or, yeah. or that he was actually trying to appease them. Um, right. And I, I feel like as his recent statements, any statement that he's made about The Force Awakens, like they, they started very diplomatic and kind of sunny and hopeful when he saw some when he was able to screen some early footage. But it, as time's it, gone on and it the, was it was like it was diplomatic, but. He was already telegraphing his displeasure. It was it was diplomatic, but it was it was definitely not the tantrum that he gave to Charlie Rose, right? Because now he he's giving interviews in the world where the audience that boiled him is now fawning over this over new, this thing this, he hates, yeah, over this thing that is now out of his hands. Right. Um, not not merely out of his hands, but that has discarded his ideas of this nine part story that he'd been formulating since 1977 right he tried to didn't he try he tried to uh suggest to disney that when he sold the company that he was going to he wanted to be able to at least pitch to them. oh did he yeah oh, that I was that was kind that. of part that's of what the, i heard yeah. and, then, and he did yeah. and he did pitch them and they were and like, like oh, thanks okay. for coming in george yeah off you go <laughs> like that does, doesn't mean you're we're going they, to. they fulfilled their end of the bargain by listening to the pitch yeah. And then said, thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for coming in. Anything you want to have actually happen in show business, get it in writing. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, a lot of the older crowd uh, has obviously really enjoyed it. And I feel young kids too, too, because it's just an exciting, fun space adventure. Yeah. But um, I, I know some of the criticism that, well, a criticism that kind of George slightly invoked and that I've heard from a number of fans online is that they don't like that there's too much beat for beat mirroring of a new hope. Oh, it, and and Empire. It was straight up cobbled together from scenes from the best Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah. And if that had but you know fucking time goes by. And if that had happened in 1986 mm-hmm. and come out as the fourth Star Wars movie we would have all been livid. Yeah. 
be like, keep telling this story, asshole. Don't <laughs> don't make the kind of don't make like it was like we would have regarded it the same way we regard a sequel to a, a Chuck Norris movie or something, right. where the same right. thing happens, but everybody's a little more grizzled looking and <laughs> the like the beats are slightly inexpert. Yeah. Because they're just echoes of this thing we loved recently but all this time later all i want are those echoes yeah i want them to reverberate reverberate in my body and mind and soul yeah. the same way i just want and, them to strike those chords that were it, struck it, when it, i was yeah, little it, it does and that's what that. it tried to do and that's what it did and i appreciated that it, it 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 pulls all of the nostalgia strings that needed to be pulled and it it lays the groundwork for the future installments i mean it's very much i mean a new hope is, 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 a, is a standalone story because he didn't know if he was ever going to make sure. the trilogy. Um, but with A Force Awakens, they are they know full well it's going to be a fucking trilogy. Yeah, and you and know, I want to know what happens groundwork. next. Yeah, exactly. They're laying the groundwork. They're, they're, the, the story is going to shoot off into, into new vistas and new places and new characters. And Luke Skywalker's in it. Yeah. <laughs> what more do you fucking want? He, but it's there's amazing. just a little teaser for that yeah. happening at the end of the movie. I, Which I, I thought can't was wait. really smart. It was really smart to say that for was like perfect. the last few that was minutes. Great. I wanted to fist bump somebody in uh, one of the writers <laughs> for ending that movie with literally a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh my God, that's right. That's true. Yeah. The old the Irish cliffhanger. A little on the nose, but yeah. Um, also, I think we should probably warn our listeners. This is a very spoilerific uh, podcast, if you hadn't already realized that by now. So, uh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, Actually, the, uh, they kept him off the poster as though that were a spoiler. Although everyone knew that Mark Hamill appeared in the film. Yeah, we. All I didn't did. know. I did. Yeah. I you didn't know. didn't know. I didn't know. Did you know who Luke Skywalker was? Did you have? <laughs> were you aware of that? I. I, I know was, you went in with a little less. No, no, no. I. I was on a complete. <laughs> media blackout for this film. I knew nothing about this film going in huh. at all. all right. I, I, but you knew Harrison Ford was in it. Yeah, because I saw the very first trailer right. when he says, Chewie, we're home. So you had to have known that. I had no idea. No, they kept Luke out of the trailer. I you no know idea. that if they can if they can afford $70 million <laughs> to hire Harrison Ford, they can afford 50 grand to pay Mark Hamill. Do you think, <laughs> do you think, they, do you think they charged? Uh, do you think? What do you think? <laughs> What do you think Han Solo cost? Oh, I think oh, I think no. he probably cost at least twenty million. You know, Alec Guinness had points on both of the first two movies. Did he really? Smart. Fucking points. Good for him. Uh, I would say Hamill got six figures. You really um, think so? How much? How much do you think uh, 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 Carrie got? At least a million. Carrie? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I heard that. Read some like <laughs> some site that does like celebrity gossip type of thing they have sites like that on the internet yeah and they somebody was was commenting that they spotted mark hamill at like he was at some movie studio i guess presumably doing voiceover work and uh he was spotted uh digging uh cigarette butts out of an ashtray outside to smoke really that's not you know that's not necessarily (laughs) poor person behavior that <laughs> some people who've promised themselves they're not going to buy a pack of cigarettes okay. will do I some see. real okay. dirtbag shit in order to smoke part of a cigarette <laughs> if they don't think a Hollywood gossip website is writing down what they're doing. That's horrible. 
Um, um, I liked <laughs> the way that they used Luke Skywalker a lot. I liked that the, the, the he didn't show up in the middle of the story. I yeah. but but he was only I but liked, he was talked about almost entirely. I liked he was that like he a, was the point of the he was yeah. the plot driving MacGuffin of yeah. the entire film. Yeah. I liked that they didn't tell us any to give us any idea no. about why he is no. in height. I mean, there's some yeah. hints we can but, just yeah, guess it's all and speculate and yeah. try and put it together. I saw a lot of people complaining about that. Like, <gasps> oh, why Why isn't he, like, stopping what? the new order? It's like, you dumbasses. This is a trilogy. You it's gotta the first have, part of a trilogy. You gotta have some mysteries. It's a yeah. fucking role. There's gonna be a reason for that. Yeah, we're just setting you up now with a bunch of stuff you recognize standing next to a bunch of stuff you're gonna love. Yeah. <laughs> so that when we get to the second one, you're just gonna have all that new stuff that you love, and then we'll tell you the rest of the stuff. But right. so yes, the movie was absolutely cobbled together from scenes and settings from earlier movies, and I felt uh, like it was no world, desert world. I don't know about yeah. that. I but, felt uh, like it was a I think, I think that's a tribute harsh. and not a pastiche, a, and that uh, made me happy. A space hick who finds his or herself thrust into uh, his or herself. <laughs> Nearly every thrust, scene thrust into some Nearly new every world to, to basically be our our guide into this world, right? Is, learns of this greater destiny that exists. Well, there's two protagonists in this film. Not it's not just Ray, it's also Finn. Yeah, but come on. I mean it's I mean it's Ray's story yeah. ultimately. But, you know, but we 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 are introduced to this world by by through Finn at first, really. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even meet Ray until later. You know, if they are having like if they're having characters that are like serving beats that came from the previous trilogy, then I believe that Finn fills the the spot of C three PO for these movies. Oh, stop! Or at least for this one. Stop! No, no. Look he's at the, it. He's the Han Solo analog. Come he, on. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. No, Poe Dameron Poe is, is more like yeah. Han. Poe? Yeah. No. Oh, he's handsome and he's smooth talking. He's funny and he's uh, he's a no self doubt. No, no self doubt. He's totally. Oh like, no, no. You're right. No, you're right. I take it back. You're Finn, absolutely right. Like C three PO is in. Way over his head. He's the only. He's the only character that's like. I, I, I want to get we, out of here. I don't know if we could do this. Yeah, I want to get out of here. And everybody else is like, fucking bite down on a belt and let's go. We're we're doing this thing. There's three of us against a giant cannon planet. Oh, uh, I don't know. And he also provides the majority of the film's comic relief. And if you go that's back to the true. original New that's Hope, true. most of the laughs come from C3PO. Someone wow. pointed this out. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I, I think that... He's also British. <laughs> who's Sorry. not? So? I think that um, Force Awakens is arguably a remake of the first Star Wars. But somebody pointed out uh, on a film blog that I sometimes contribute to called Standby for Mind Control, my friends there pointed out Jedi as a remake of Star Wars. Oh, it absolutely is. It starts on Tatooine, and then oh, they yeah. blow up the Death Star, and it's just... And that was right after... And actually, so maybe even maybe there's no amount of remaking that first Star Wars movie that could ever <laughs> really make me upset. You know, it, it, the, as far as echoing echoed beats from the original trilogy, that was the only one that kind of bothered me with The Force Awakens is that there was a giant cannon planet that the, a giant cannon planet with a vulnerability that that was when it got to that point, I was like, do we that part two? Could have done one different thing. Just could have done one different thing because they literally did that twice in the original trilogy. Yeah, I, I di- again, I didn't mind it because I, I, because I, I, li- I like the idea of the first order being 
the sort of escalated response to the failure of the empire. I it just you know, it didn't sell it to me because it seemed like that would be they're supposed to be in escalation, right? These yeah. are the Nazis right. that fled. This to is the Ar- Third Reich. These are the Nazis that fled to Argentina after World War II, but right. they've regrouped and now they're incredibly powerful. But they're supposed to still be like growing, not at the point where they're just like, you know what? Fuck opposition. We're going to take down five worlds in one laser blast. Yeah. Like that bla- laser blast I get it, to take down worlds is, is to do something bigger than A New Hope did. But I, I, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. I felt like that's that's a bit ridiculous. For, I I didn't mind it at all. I thought I, I, thought I wanted it to a, feel like they were growing and not that they were already this giant tyranny that was in place across the galaxy. It is growing. They grew a cannon planet. Yeah, I don't like the cannon. I don't like the cannon planet. Quit hitting that mic stand together. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, I will force choke you. Okay, but that's <laughs> I'm being really nitpicky. I I loved the movie so much. I loved the way it felt. I loved. Um, you know, it was fun seeing it on opening day because all of those big reveals that were big reveals for everybody for the first time, there was rounds of applause. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. reveal of the Millennium Falcon was a round of applause. That was like, that was a hearty gasp Leia, from the audience. Uh, Han. The, re- the reveal of Han. And, and <gasps> yeah. I think we even got one for Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. I certainly gasped. There was a gasp, uh, at the, at the reveal from, uh, uh, what's his name? Supreme leader Snoke. Oh yeah! <laughs> when he first yeah, that's such a ridiculous name. <gasps> when he when he first told us that uh, Han Solo was Kylo Ren's father, yeah, there was a bit of a <gasps> I know, I know. It's so good. <laughs> I love I love I love the twist. I love that that Kylo Ren is is a is a Sith. He's not a Sith. Well, he's a dark side Jedi. I don't know what else to say it. Um, he's a like dark... a Sith poser, right? Like he's a he's a dark Hanging side out at Sith topic. He's a, <laughs> like he's a Sith trying th- to pass for a Sith. <laughs> Sith enthusiast, right? He's a he's a he's a Jedi of the dark side, and that he's tempted, tempted by, the, by light. the light. And I find that infinitely fascinating because because it, it's a it's a nice twist on the on the I'm a I'm a light side Jedi and I'm tempted by the dark side. Yeah, I thought that was that was yeah. interesting too. Yeah, and he wants to be bad. You know, that's why I feel like I relate to Kylo Ren. And let me tell you why. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I spent many years trying to cultivate this stage persona of Dark Lord. And then yeah. I was evil and I yeah. loved violence and murder sure. and, and skulls and knives and death and stuff. And then this every, is well documented, every time yes. I'm in my apartment and I play some video game with a moral choice system, I, I always play the good, the good way. Oh. That's sweet. That's why I can relate to the <laughs> shitty boyfriend from Girls. <laughs> uh, I thought that I thought that that was interesting. This I, I I thought it was interesting. I like that the hero is a father to a villain. I thought that was that yeah. was fun. Yeah, and uh, and that leads me to a fan theory that I would like to share Let's with hear you. It. All. Oh, okay, go for it. Well, obviously there are all kinds of fans on fan theories on the internet right now about. Um, who is Ray? Because she's got this mysterious uh, past, and we're, it's going to be explored. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, obviously, it seems it's very clear that she, we're going to learn that she's Skywalker, that she's Luke's kid, right? Could be no. Could be. What if she's Obi Wan's granddaughter? That's, that's another option. That's, that has been that's where I'm leaning towards. Actually, aha! I've, I, and I've I've read some people uh, theorize that she yeah. is the offspring of Obi Wan Kenobi. I like that too. I like I, li- I like that theory better than the other one. Oh, I got it. here's here's mine. Oh, 
I would like to theorize, and I want to be the first one to say this just because I've not read this on the internet. <laughs> okay. I want to be the first one to say it and that it's recorded so that I can say I was right if I'm right, even though I won't be. Okay. But that she is a descendant of Palpatine. Hmm. Oh. And here's why. Because it would be so fun to have a beloved hero spawn the villain and have uh, reviled villains spawn the hero. That would just be a fun twist. Mm-hmm. But also, I had a theory when Revenge of the Sith came out. Um, I was like, are they going to clear up this whole virgin birth thing? And I thought that that was going to be the reveal. It was going to be revealed that Palpatine was actually Anakin's father. And that didn't happen. My oh. entire theory, that entire theory was based on dimpled chins. Oh, jeez. <laughs> because Hayden Christensen, <laughs> Mark Hamill, and Ian McDiarmid? Uh, that? Uh, it's close. Uh, it's close. Uh, that they all have dimpled chins. <clears throat> My Although, upon, upon, okay. Luke's was uh, created by plastic surgery, and no, of, he had a little, of course, he, uh, no, he had a little dimple in, in when he was pretty in A New Hope, and uh, he was so uh, Hayden Christensen's was put in with CGI. Oh, was it? No, no. Okay. Uh, God damn it! Um, so that I had, a, I had a theory that that was that they were secretly telling us through casting that it was dimpled chins was the part of the Skywalker clan, and I was wrong. However, that's where I you watched, keep your uh, midichlorians. I watched <laughs> Force Awakens a second time, and I noticed that. The way Ray fights in the lightsaber duel is similar to the style in which Palpatine fights. There's lots of thrustings. Mm. And there aren't other characters, other lightsaber wielding characters in the Star Wars universe who fight like that. That's true. That's true. Oh. And J.J. Abrams doesn't do anything by accident. Everything everything is meticulously planned and... Which is why many fans are theorizing that Snoke is actually Darth Plagueis the Wise because of... The, oh, because of the story that... Because that, of the score. The what? The score. What score? The, the, the musical score that plays in Revenge of the Sith when, when Palpatine tells Anakin the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Oh, sure, Wise. sure, sure. Darth Plagueis. He how to cheat love. <gasps> oh, wow. And, and when Plagueis, or when Snoke speaks to Kylo in the new movie, the musical score, musical theme that plays throughout is very similar to that scene from Revenge of the Sith. Oh, wow. Thoughts on that, uh, MC Fernalot? Well, you would need to retcon something into those other six movies about where Plagueis was during them and why he wasn't in charge of anything. Why he decided to just sit it out for like 50 years. Yeah. Maybe he was on an Irish cliffside fucking jerking it waiting for his big scene. <laughs> why? Yeah, but yeah, there's, there's got to be a pretty good explanation. Jerking it? Jerking it. Jerking it. Okay. Force jerking it. He doesn't Force use his jerking hands. jerking it? He doesn't use, he doesn't use his dirty mortal palms. Is but, that a, is that a Sith ability predominantly or? Oh no! Anyone can uh, <laughs> masturbate by leveraging the force that connects all living beings. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, usually, <laughs> you want to try and get one or more other living beings to physically get some jizz out of your saber. But what if you levitate one rock and one uh, tiny frog man, and oh, you like have them rub together on either side? Oh dear. Uh, I don't even know where this is going, and I I hate it. I hate every minute of it. Frogman. Um, <laughs> yo, I love Kylo Ren so much. I love Kylo Ren. I love I Kylo Ren as a villain so much. He is He's so great. good as a villain. Love him. Every so every good. everything about him except his haircut. 
<laughs> yeah, loved it. No, I mean, but it's very—it's a very Star Warsy hairdo. To there be are honest. a lot of bad Jedi hair. Yeah, cuts. it's a, it's very in keeping with the Jedi hairdos. Yeah, I'm sold. Uh, I don't I don't dislike anything about uh, he, Kylo Ren or his he, character. When no. he's on screen, he is so calm and speaks so steadily. It creeps me the fuck out. But he's clearly faking it because he's this young guy who is uh, a little rage baby. Well, no, I think I think, he's, I, got, I think it, it, he's always seething with rage, but he's always trying to contain I it. I know his temper tantrums have been like the, the, the a, a, a target of ridicule on the internet, and I feel like that actually makes him scary. Those yeah. were the only unexpected things that happened in the whole movie. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, I, I, I think his, tan- his tantrums are kind of perfect for that character, to be honest. And his like inability to like be great at his job. Yeah, like he's that's very first movie in the trilogy yeah. version of the bad guy. He aspires to be as menacing and competent as his master. As yeah. you know, yeah. As as any wait, so other why Sith. exactly is he not a Sith if if his, if his master is a Sith Lord? He belongs to his master is not a Sith Lord. Oh, that we know of. Yeah, I say. I from what I've gathered. We are still supposed to believe that the Sith are still extinct, and he belongs to some organization known as the Knights of Ren, which are basically just a bunch of Sith fans. But in any, <laughs> but in any case, they're don't all you, Sith enthusiasts. Don't you have to graduate from whatever the Sith version of Padawan is into Sith at some point? So like, Luke, Luke Skywalker didn't have to go to any classes. He basically learned how to levitate. What on, are you talking? He went to Jedi camp. No, he didn't. On the swamp planet. No, he he <laughs> levitated a couple of boxes and was like, "My friends are in trouble." There was no lightsaber training. Sure he hung was. out with he hung out with he an had old to hippie lightsaber who told train him, against uh, himself in a Darth Vader outfit. Oh no, that was more about facing bog. his fears. But he didn't really. He didn't really train. But then went shut up. He didn't really train. But when Jedi came around and Han had been frozen for a couple of years, he just went out and bought like a black hood, and he was like, "Now I'm a Jedi Knight," because that's not a title anymore. Like, there's no there is no Jedi order to mm. like deem that upon. Now him. that's just, a good fan theory. I like that Luke was a fraudulent Jedi. He, he kind of was. Luke kind Actually, of... It, it, it makes sense that he's an incomplete Jedi because, you know, if, if... if Which makes Kylo Ren's story more plausible. If if Luke trained... Attempted to train Kylo Ren and he himself was incomplete and couldn't train him mm. to the best of his ability, then, of course, he was seduced by the dark side. Luke just barely makes it out of Return yeah. of the Jedi with his morality intact. Yeah. Like, he... Yeah. He is a lot. seething with so much rage in that final scene yeah. that it it, it it takes it it takes looking at what he might become. And he's dressed in black the whole yeah. time, like he's like that movie is. He's the product of the second movie at that point, where yeah. Yeah. Yoda has told him the thing that he should do if he wants to be in touch with the light side of the Force, which is stick around, yeah. and become a real Jedi. Yeah, and he's like, no, my my like mortal connections to other yeah. fleeting non Jedi's on this in this galaxy is too strong and I have to abandon your I have to ignore your advice and go do And it's because of that choice Jodas like, he fails as a teacher and we get Kylo Ren. Well Okay. That's all this is all based on the completely made up speculation yes. that yes. Luke trained Ren at some point. I, I thought I thought that was common knowledge. Is, is you know, that... in the second movie, there's going to be a, a Kylo Stimpy. <laughs> I saw that cartoon. Uh, Whose uh, voice will sound vaguely like Larry from the Three Stooges. <laughs> let me ask you this though: Do you think? Do you think? 
uh, Luke in his sort of forced sabbatical, self-forced sabbatical, do you think he's been communing with uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda and young Anakin? Totally. How long do uh, force ghosts stick around? I don't know. <clears throat> Is that like an unlimited... Well, I mean, Is that like Anakin, the internet I mean, archive? Anakin you can Skywalker just go there. shows up. Well, I guess, you know, I guess he's freshly I dead, mean, but... Ray hears Kenobi's voice during her weird force mission. Yeah, but is that him communicating to her? Is that just a montage Like a vision, like a, like, a, like a premonition? No, he says, Ray, these are your first steps. Oh, I gotta oh. watch this movie again. Yeah, yeah. no, seriously. There's, there's a lot more nuance than, than you're probably remembering. But you gotta really squint your ears to hear it. <laughs> yeah, a lot happens during that, that scene. Uh, because I think, I, I would like to hope that Luke completes his training because the the, the have old you Jedi hope, have you hoped this earlier or is this like a, a this new is new hope? This, this, <laughs> <laughs> you're fired <laughs> I I love Ray I think she's fantastic oh yeah she's great. I think I think uh, she's I I can't wait to to uh, learn more of her story you know my favorite thing is about Ray what's up she lives in a freaking ad ad I know right <laughs> that's her home yeah. she makes a home inside of an ad ad that that was maybe my favorite stuff from that movie oh, the, God. Like, the, so good. the big destroyed yeah I yeah and and her like climbing all over the insides of a of a down star destroyer for like scavenging parts and I thought that that was nice too and for the same reason why that addition to the end of Jedi that we both liked Mm. because uh, you got to see the aftermath of that you it feels like you saw the you know the ravages of war as though all this stuff were real and matters yeah Yeah. because there's like giant fucking wreckage all over this planet because they had one of these <laughs> numerous space battles they're always having near this planet. They weren't all just hanging out on a partially completed sphere. They weren't all just nonsense fairy tales. No. As Alec <laughs> Guinness famously complained. <laughs> oh, Mr. What did he call Guinness. it? Fairy tale bullshit? No, I don't think he swore. No, he, but it was something to that effect. But damn, what a professional. Yeah, because he still gave a, he still acted like he believed that nonsense. I would. Believe He's not like anything you, you want for a quarter of a point on <laughs> net for the original Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but that he was doing that in a, a world before like movie merchandising mm. mattered. Yep. So he yep. was smart, very smart man. Dice. Yeah. I mean, he's not like say you and McGregor. By the time he gets Revenge of the Sith, and he's like. I cared about this for a minute, but just let's just get through this. <laughs> Natalie Portman too. I feel like they're throwing yeah. each other little fist bumps with the eyes across that whole movie. Like, yeah, they're both tired and they don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it looks fatiguing to be in those yeah. prequels. You're doing everything with no other actors around in front of a green screen with a, with a room that's like what by twenty four by twenty four. And you don't get to see anything because all you see is blue. That's just a task. It's like the voice acting in video games. You can never get a good voice acting performance out of somebody in a video game because they're not in an environment where you can act. Yeah, right. They're always trying to voice a character who is in peril, but it's like... They're you're just, sitting in an air-conditioned booth, and you don't sound like you're out of breath. Could you like do some jumping jacks some or something shit. first? Yeah, and just or or could maybe like some PA who works at the studio like run in and chase you with a knife for a second <laughs> because you'll sound like it. Your your voice will then sound like you fucking believe that you are in danger. I think Natalie Portman's a fantastic actor, and I think honestly that Hayden Christensen's no slouch. No, um, no. But they individually, put in two no. of the 
or rather All three, of those actors, six uh, yeah. to, between them, six of the worst acting performances of any movie. Even Jimmy ever. Smith. Jimmy Smith is a fantastic actor. Five. There's Sam, Hayden's only in two of them. Uh, Sam Jackson. Like I. Well, Sam Jackson weirdly, is is really good in roles where he gets to yell and call people motherfucker. Yeah. You know, this I barely is not remember what him. he did in those movies. <laughs> Because he didn't really do anything. He, he They didn't give him a lot to do. I feel like he went in with a challenge to be like, I'm going to make this motherfucker direct me. And sat down and said, I'm going to read this line like I'm reading this line off of the page. And let's see if George Lucas is going to make me do it twice. <laughs> George is You're not playing a, with fire there, yeah. Sam. George is not it's, an actor's director. It's going right uh, on to the he's, uh, That one take, that was good, right? I thought so. <laughs> and then goes back to his trailer and does whatever Sam Jackson does on set. I don't Smoke know weed is. every day. Oh, um, that's... I don't think I, Sam that Jackson was a uh, suggestion. smokes weed. I don't think he smokes weed either. No? No, that's weird that you even said that. Yeah. I think... No, I think everybody smokes weed except me. That's my... Mm-hmm. No, that's you, my can, you can walk it back as much as you want. Do you guys want to do some <laughs> trivia? Oh, my goodness. Wait, so, what? What's going on? What, give, me, give me a pen. What? I'm going to keep score. You're going to keep score. Uh, now, we have to tee this up. We have to tell our listener... What's happening? You can't just spring it on them. Okay. Now, now, folks, we asked uh, MC Frontalot to come on and discuss The Force Awakens with us. And, but in addition to that, we asked him, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, to prepare some trivia questions to challenge Nelson Lugo and myself. Uh, and I did. If you recall, <laughs> back in episode Classic. number number, when we had Alan Kistler on the program, he... Challenge Lugo and I to a number of Batman trivia uh, questions. And yes. And it, I beat you soundly, sir. You got one. I got zero. That's not true. You got one right. I got zero right. They were really hard. Percentage-wise, he really whooped ass. On yeah. Me. All right. Yeah. Okay. I got- <laughs> and then what we did was the punishment for missing the questions was we would uh, get zapped in the arm yeah. with uh, one of your an electroshock toys. kink sex toy right. I have. I hated Which is so called... Much. Uh, Tay Zapper. And it looks, it's an interesting looking object. It looks like a cross between a stove lighter and a lightsaber. Yeah. It's got like a black handle and a, and a red stick. And at the end, there's a prongs. couple little prongs. And it's like a very low grade battery operated cattle prod. So unfortunately, we don't have Bunny tonight. So one of you will wield it as each of the others is oh, <clears throat> asked right. a question. So, so, what do you, so what do you have prepared? How wait, many wait, questions? When we did this, when we did this we as, 20 questions. when we did this as the, for Batman questions, yeah. we called this the Electrocutioner Challenge. Sure. Named after the shitty Batman villain who uses electricity yes. as his weapon. But this yes. time. But this time we're calling this the Force Lightning Challenge. Oh, so appropriate. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't have enough eye rolls for this. And now this time, last time I sprung this on you, Lugo. Like, you did. You didn't know. Yeah. Alan Kissler was in on this. Yes. I, um, it was a complete mystery to me. And you were really um, not excited about it. No, no. And I'm still not excited about it. This time around, it was your idea. Yeah. Which actually. is crazy. Continuity, man. Because the, the idea that you suggested yeah. a Star Wars trivia challenge right against me yeah <laughs> is preposterous well i i see so you you like to tout yourself as being the star wars uber fan and i'm willing to bet i know more about star wars than you do apparently you are willing yeah. to bet that yeah because one betting of us... with your flesh <laughs> <laughs> so mc frontalot uh-huh. our curator and quiz master mm-hmm is going. We'll have you keep score too. Then, as quizmaster, I'm gonna just make up the rules. 
Okay. Oh, so oh, what? So give us the rules, please. Rules are: we got twenty questions. Okay. That's potentially ten zaps each. Okay. You fuck up every question. Uh, questions okay. are worth two points. Oh, all right. If you don't get it, the other can steal. Oh. For one point. Okay. Nice, nice twist. Nice All right, twist. but uh-huh. uh, we're not going to up this to twenty zaps. So you can only get zapped if it was your turn and you didn't get it. Okay, okay. If you steal, okay. that doesn't mean that. If the... you fail a steal, you don't get you zapped. don't get zapped. Okay, so uh, you are encouraged to guess as wildly as you like on the steals. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, I, I feel like I want to stand up. I don't want to sit down for this. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, all, right. all right. Actually, that's what we did last time too. Rearrange that microphone. Okay. All right. Now, all of these questions are of absolutely equal difficulty. Oh. <laughs> if I hear any complaining about one person or the other's questions feeling or seeming somehow sure, sure. easier, that uh, that will cost you a point. Oh, come on. <clears throat> Complaining is like half the fun. You complain with your body noises, but uh, <laughs> not with your words. Oh, God. Um, all right. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me get this just over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Fix it. Fix it. Nice. Nice. All right. So who who goes first? Who goes first? Uh, we'll start with Mark. Oh. Um, Schaefer. So, uh, Nelson, you, uh, uh, make I sure wield? you wield the punishment device. <laughs> the, for- the force lightning. All right. So how, how does this work? You see, you hold the button down, yeah. and the thing lights up. Yeah. And when it's there, then you just touch the metal prongs to flesh. Oh, okay. Once it's but, li- once it's lit. All right. And you can use. Yeah, let's have some exposed forearms. Okay. Yeah, but both my forearms are exposed. All right. Here we okay. Go. We ready? Yeah. Okay. I guess. <clears throat> Schaefer the Dark Lord. Okay. Before Han tells C-3PO to never tell him the odds, what are the odds? Oh. Of successfully navigating an asteroid field? Mm-hmm. Um, 670,000 to one? Incorrect. Oh, <laughs> Lugo for the steal. Would you care to uh, venture a guess I think on it was those like, odds? It was, it was something along the lines of like three... Thousand four something to one. That was really close. It's three thousand seven hundred and twenty to one. Oh, there you go. Oh. Approximately. Wow. According do, to I, do, I get, do I get the point for being no, close? Damn it. Okay. Not. Okay. Uh, question number two for okay. Nelson Lugo. Right. Do we have to? Oh, we have to swap each. Yeah. Name the chubby crime worm from the third movie. The what now? The chubby crime worm. The chubby crime worm from. From the third movie. The third movie. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. Which can I can I, can I ask a, a, a clarifying question? I'll allow it. Okay. Are we talking the third the third movie or the third chapter? Release order. Oh, release order. Okay. Oh, so we're talking about uh, what is this? Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. So the crime worm in Return of the Jedi. Job of the Hut. Correct. <gasps> hey. Two points for Nelson Lugo. Son of a <laughs> bitch. I remind you that these questions are all of equal difficulty and have not been assigned based on who's going to answer them. I feel like I see where this is going. (laughs) Question number three for Schaefer, the Dark Lord. Uh Name two of the six bounty hunters who meet to receive the Han Solo assignment from Lord Vader. And if you can name a third one, I will give you an additional point. (laughs) How many are there? There are six bounty hunters in that scene. How about I name six of them? Oh. All right, that's the three points. Okay. And you will be, I was going to offer an additional steal for uh, <gasps> for an extra point, but 
if you, even if you had named two. But if you can name all six, that's out the window. You're going to get those three points with no no chance to... No chance to steal. Okay. No chance to steal. Boba Fett. Yeah. Bosk. Correct. IG-88. Yep. Dengar. Uh-huh. Forlom. Yep. Zookus. Amazing. <gasps> that's three, Damn, three points for Schaefer the Dark Lord. Damn. Oh, wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. All, All right. right. Yeah. Nelson Lugo, question yeah. number four. Yes. What is the first appearance of Boba Fett? Um, uh, give me a second. Is it... Okay, it's in the, uh, the, the, the dining room scene on Cloud City. Uh, please shock Nelson Lugo. Ah, motherfucker! <laughs> And Mark, would you care to steal? <laughs> I would love to. The first appearance of Boba Fett came in the Star Wars Holiday Special. <gasps> Correct, for one point. In the animated short. Oh that's right. my god. Question five for that's, Mark Schaefer. That's not fair. Are you wielding the punishment wand, Nelson? I am now. <laughs> <clears throat> we see shots of several aliens in the Republic Senate in Phantom Menace. Maybe more than several. One is Senator, as we all know, Senator uh, Griebleips from Brodo Asogi. The first appearance of Senator Griebleips species came 17 years earlier in which Steven Spielberg film? Uh, that would be in E.T., the extraterrestrial. Correct. Oh, Two I knew points. That one. I knew that one. Yeah. There you go. Nelson Lugo. Yeah. Question <laughs> number six. Okay. The hyperdrive coolant gas Tibana is mined and refined at a facility called Cloud City, which I know you're aware of. Sure. Name the gas giant planet it hovers over. Bespin? Correct. Oh! Two points. Oh! <laughs> I'm impressed you pulled that one out. You looked, you looked scared. I did. I was scared for okay. a second. All right. Number oh. seven okay. for Schaefer. Everyone remembers the 1984 made-for-television film Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. But can you tell me who had top billing in the sequel, Ewoks, The, Plant, the Battle for Endor? Oh, my God. Uh, 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 oh, oh, God. Um, uh, Jennifer Beale. Incorrect. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Would you like to attempt the steal, Nelson uh, Lugo? Seeing how there is uh, no punishment, I'm going to say Warwick uh, J. Davis. Uh, Warwick Davis did not receive top billing. Oh, that's a uh, shame. That's that a shame. honor was bestowed to Wilford Brimley. Wilford oh. fucking Brimley? I was very Top billing on guy? Ewoks, The Battle for oh my Endor. God. I thought there was a, a young actress who went on to become a bigger star. Was. I, I don't know if she uh, was in anything else. Okay. I, I I went into researching that question thinking it, that Drew Barrymore was in one of those things. Oh. But she was not. No. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, all right. All right. All right. Let's do this. Number eight. For yeah. Nelson Lugo. <clears throat> Got that wand ready? Oh, yeah, I do. What is Luke Skywalker's call sign during the attack on the first Death Star? Oh. Uh, it's... Uh Red something. It's um, red five. Correct. Hey, 
What the shit? <laughs> All right, here's here's a really hard one for you. <laughs> Number nine. Okay. R5-D4 has a similar size and shape to R2-D2, but a different color scheme. What are its two main colors? Red and white. Correct. <gasps> nice. Nice. All right, is this the last one? Nope. This okay. is halfway through. <laughs> oh. Number okay. 10. Yeah. Many bothons died to bring us what? Oh, uh, the plans of the first Death Star. Correct. Woo! I would have also accepted this information. Oh. Um, I'm going to call foul here. Uh, are you? That was the plans of the second Death Star. And actually, it was the information that the Emperor was going to be aboard the second Death Star during the attack because Mon Motha gives that information at the briefing meeting to the rebels when she says that many Dothans died to deliver this information. I'm docking you one point for complaining. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Question number 11. <laughs> Schaefer the Dark Lord. Yes. Ronald Reagan's strategic defense initiative was nicknamed Star Wars, much to the chagrin of George Lucas, but Reagan had an earlier connection to Star Wars. The John Williams score is lifted in part from Eric Korngold's score for what 1942 Ronald Reagan picture? I can only name one, so I'm going to go with Bedtime for Bozo. That'll be a shock, please. Oh! <laughs> and it was actually Bedtime for Bonzo was what I meant, but go on. Um, um, a steal? Um, uh, it's a Western. Um, I don't know. High Noon? I don't want to shock you just for saying that, but no. It was uh, it was called King's Row, and I think you should now dub in the uh, the theme from King's Row after the fact. Ladies and gentlemen, the theme from King's Row. My turn. Give um, it to me. Give it to me. Question number 12 for Nelson okay. Lugo. How many Ys in the spelling of Chewie's home planet? I'm sorry. Repeat the question. How many Ys, that's the letter Y. Oh, I see. In the spelling of Chewie's home planet? Three? Correct. <gasps> yeah. Wait, is it? Oh. Oh, you would have got that wrong? I would have got that wrong. I thought it was two. Holy smokes. <laughs> Stroke of luck for you. Goodness. I, 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 played, I played the forced unleashed games. Mm, a lot of spelling in those. Question 13. Schaefer the Dark Lord, what famous director refused George Lucas's personal request that he direct Return of the Jedi? Steven Spielberg. Incorrect. Ah! Nelson for the steal. Um, I want to say um, David Lynch. Correct. Yeah. One point on the steal. Oh, I did not realize that that was Lucas's personal request. He brought him out to wherever he was and tried to talk him into it for more than a day. Huh? Yeah. And huh. failed. Uh, question 14. Okay. What is Wilhuff Tarkin's imperial military rank? 
Oh, uh, Grand Moff. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, God damn it. <laughs> These questions are all of equal difficulty and were assigned randomly <laughs> to the two of you. Question 15. Yeah. What year did Atari release the original vector-based Star Wars arcade cabinet? Nineteen eighty-five. Wrong. Oh! <laughs> Nelson for the steal. Nineteen seventy-five. Incorrect. Oh, uh, what was it? It was nineteen eighty-three. Oh, huh? Didn't I know that? There you go. What a boring piece of trivia. <laughs> Question sixteen. <laughs> yeah. What actor is inside of R two D two? Oh my God! I can see his face. I can see his face so fucking clearly. Uh, it's not. It's not Warwick. It's um. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. Zap him. Ah, motherfucker. And for the steal, is that Kenny Baker? Correct. <gasps> one point. Kenny Baker, of course. Question seventeen. Pass the wand. This you should get this one easily. Where will Han and Chewie meet up with Obi Wan, Luke, and the droids when they're ready to leave Tatooine? This is not expanded universe. This information is in the dialogue. Uh, could you give me the question again, please? Where will Han and Chewie meet up with Obi-Wan, Luke, and the droids when they're ready to leave Tatooine? Um, you said this was an easy question? <laughs> You're being a dick, aren't you? I got, a, I got an answer for you. Mm. Uh, would that be Docking Bay 94? <laughs> Two points! Oh yes. man, you suckered me! I oh, I knew that one so hard too. <laughs> Docking Bay Nine D Four Stormtroopers at the door. You did not. Oh, is that lyric from a song? Yeah. Oh, that's why you knew it. <laughs> well done. All right. Question eighteen. We're getting near the end here. Okay. Almost all of the rest of these are about the cantina. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that you're both very strong on cantina-related questions. Sure. <laughs> at the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina. Stop. Okay. Question 18. Mm-hmm. There are seven Bith from Clack Door, seven, playing music in the Moss Eisley Cantina. Okay. What is their band name? Oh, oh my God. I don't know. Sorry. Zap. <laughs> For the steel, Schaefer, what is the band name? Fish. Um, while they are as filthy and space worn as any fish fan they are in fact called Figrin de Anne and the Modal Nodes oh yeah I I did not know that (laughs) (laughs) question 19 for you Shaver okay what non-English speaking alien character has more than one line in the cantina but no subtitles what non-English speaking character? Alien character. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, they're all aliens. Uh, what non-English speaking alien character has more than one line in the cantina, but no subtitles? Chewbacca. Fuck. Ooh. <laughs> Technicality. Oh. He was looking for another oh. answer. I was. <laughs> 
Fuck! <laughs> you just beat me at the trivia. I have to give you two points. Fuck! Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I guess your intended answer? Yeah. In fact, I yes. Okay. You can still steal it for the for the correct it's, one. It's the alien that Obi Wan chops the arm off from, which I believe his name is Bosch. His name is not Bosch, oh. but that is who I was thinking of. Okay. Damn. Pond, it. Ponda Baba. That's it. And also, also known as Saki. Also known as Walrus Man, according to his action Walrus figure. Right, and he, he uh, hangs out with, uh, what's his name, like Dr. something, Zizor. The, the bad doctor. Yeah, the, I don't like you either. That's the one. All right. Oh, this is for me. Actually, we could check later to see if that's correct. I don't know that Chewie necessarily has more than one line of that scene. But he does purr or something. He does say something. All right, well, I trust you on the honor system to zap yourself if Chewie has fewer than one, than two lines. I, I will when I review later. In the cantina. All right. Um, all right. Is you this ready? the last question? Question number 20. Okay. Name one of the two characters from the cantina in New Hope who had a Kenner figure but no lines. Uh, had an action figure... But no lines. Pretty yep. much all of them. Um, uh, Hammerhead? Correct! Oh! <laughs> I can't believe you got that. <laughs> and I have a bonus question. Oh, oh, oh. You guys can buzz in. Oh, okay. Uh, whoever gets it first. How do we, how do we how buzz? How do we buzz in? Uh, one of do you th- say, oh, I know. Okay. Before the other one. <laughs> okay. All right. Question 21. Okay. The Kenner Death Star playset came in what familiar shape? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Rectangular. Uh, I'm going to let you try. Um, a a uh, half circle. No, the correct answer was the shape of a slice of pie. <gasps> oh. Wait a minute. Yeah, 22 and a half inch tall slice of pie. Yeah, I had it had like, oh my God, it, it was a wedge. And it had the three <laughs> levels and there was like, here, you can zap me for that. Because uh, right. I should have known that because I had it. The epic pie cast fails oh. the 21st question in epic fashion. That's right. There were three levels. The top one had a gun. The second one had a bridge that stops so you could swing across. Yep. One of them had like a, a place where you turn, off the, 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 on the the, you turn right. off the tractor beam. And then the bottom level had a trash compactor that had the monster. Points, Absolutely. points. Give us the points. Oh, all right. Who won? Little little music while we tally. I decided not to dock you that point for complaining because I was being a dick. Aww. And yet Nelson Lugo wins 15 to 13. <gasps> hey! What? 15. 15 to 13. And I'd like I you to keep this piece of paper and rub it in Mark's face whenever he says he's a bigger Star Wars fan than you are. I am the greatest Star Wars fan in the entire history of the Epic Podcast. To say that this is not how I anticipated this playing out, it would be a gross understatement. <laughs> oh my Congratulations, God. Nelson. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, sir, for your fantastic questions and your game mastering. You are, in fact, a wonderful Star Wars trivia master. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. What can your fans expect next from you? Ooh, uh, well, playing PAX South, uh, January 30th. Where's PAX South? San Antonio. Ah. If you have any listeners around San Antonio and they can't get Saturday tickets, which they can't because they're sold out, they can come on Friday or Sunday 
Oh, okay. Um, and I'll be there in Bandland all weekend. And actually, if Bandland's in the same place it was last time, you can just go in there with no badge and get to Bandland <laughs> and buy some stuff and I'll sign it. And that's the only thing I have in the immediate future. I was going to tour, but I think I'm going to tour not until the fall when I get done with my uh, album about how the internet sucks. Oh, you're okay. writing an album about how the internet sucks. I am. Praise be. It's going to be songs about, uh, like, never read the comments. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, delete your dating profile. Yeah, that's a, that's a better one. Uh, libertarians are assholes. Just all the things <laughs> that everyone hates about the internet <laughs> distilled into one nerdcore record. Oh, wonderful. Oh, my God. I, I, uh, when, I can't when, wait. <laughs> when can people expect this album to be released? Uh, sometime this year. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to uh, rush records. No, sure, sure, sure. All right. But I've started writing. We're working on beats with uh, G minor seven, Batsbella. I'm writing verses and stuff. It's awesome. It's any any uh, any guests that you're willing to uh, drop as little uh, scoops for the Epic Podcast listeners? Not yet. Oh, all right. It's worth a shot. I mean, there's not any guests yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm just real cagey and secretive. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you so much for coming on the program with us this month. I appreciate you inviting me back. And. May the force be with you, my good man. And with you. Once again, we would like to thank MC Frontalot for being our guest on the program this month. He, I love MC Frontalot. I do too. He's a delightful young man. And <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to navigate this knowledge that you just beat me at a Star Wars trivia contest. Yeah, I, I am a trivia sponge. I, I, I soak up useless bits of information. It just kind of lives in there. So Okay. I, I, had, I, I have that uh, uh, leg up on you. You have that. I'll no. also have the knowledge that I'll feel like he threw you a couple of uh, easy ones. So. Yeah, no. That's, no, that's, that's, that's that, not what he did. No, that's what I'll tell myself. Oh, I see. So that I can sleep tonight. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, what do you got coming up? What do I have coming up? Yeah. I am so glad you asked. On Saturday, January 30th, I will be hosting the Pink Room's fifth annual Miss Twin Peaks pageant at Joe's Pub in NYC. Fifth year, I'll be hosting as different characters, new costumes, there's new contestants in the pageant, and just tons of incredibly detailed fan service to uh, David Lynch's followers. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I, I I don't think I've ever seen that show. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out this time. The pageant or any of the you've seen the you've been to the pink room before. I have, but only for the Dune show. The Miss Twin Peaks pageant is the big is year. the big one. Yeah, and this year it actually takes place on January thirtieth, which is Pink Room burlesque producer and previous guest of the program, Francine the Lucid Dreams' proper birthday. Oh, wonderful! So that that'll be awesome. Come on out. The owls are not what they seem, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Lugo, what about you? What do you got? Um, I have a whole lot of nothing, but um, I am pretty excited. Um, I now uh, work for a uh, trivia company in New York City, and I'm a trivia host for a pub in uh, Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, called Longbow, which is one of one of only two Welsh pubs in the entire city. So, um, Trivia Tuesday. So, uh, uh, go to Twitter and find Trivia NYC. Uh, and you will find all the information about where I am. And I'm there every single Tuesday. Uh, trivia starting at 730. And uh, I will ask all kinds of questions and hand out prizes at the end. It's going to be awesome. Folks, after 
a little over three years of doing this monthly podcast, <laughs> the Epic Podcast finally has a social media presence. Yeah. You can now follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Epic Podcast, yep. or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Epic Podcast. You can also maybe keep your eye on our Twitch channel if you have, and I mean literally <laughs> nothing better to do with an evening, you can tune into the Twitch channel and you can watch two angry old men yell at each other over headsets while they shoot stormtroopers. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Also, uh, next month is February. And as is tradition for the past two years yep that means in february we will be fielding your love sex and relationship advice questions so please send us your most personal embarrassing (laughs) or completely fabricated love sex and relationship advice questions to us at epic podcast at gmail.com and we will answer them in the most unqualified manner that's f- as funny as possible. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, are we done? Oh, shout out to C. Muldrow. C. Muldrow. Now we're done. Now we're done. This has been the Epic Piecast, episode XXXIX. I have been your host, Lugo Kalnelsian. And I have been your other host, Vader the Darth Lord. May the force be with you. Thank you for listening to the Epic Piecast. We'd love to listen to you, too. So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered.
I, I find that fascinating. I need like, another beer. You, you, are we going to break for beer? No, wait. Do you have to break? Oh. Just hold that. Um, I'm you want a, another one too? Yes, please. Okay. I'll bring it. Star Wars. Nothing, Nothing but Star Wars. <laughs> I got your Star, Star Wars. <laughs> All of the wars. Thank Chewbacca. you. Chewbacca. Fires a crossbow laser. What was, that? what was I saying? I don't know. It was incredibly important. <laughs> I was going somewhere profound with it. No, you weren't. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.